In our social media age, when everyone's trying to boost their platform and preach their message, two pastors come together to put the pulpit aside and have some uncommon exchanges, some considerate conversations about cultural topics from a biblical worldview. We're not just trying to boost likes, comments, shares, and follows. We're trying to find some sanity, some clarity, and some unity in the midst of our diversity to offer some hope in a culture steeped in division, confusion, and toxicity. Come along with us as we put the pulpit aside. Hurt people, hurt people. Part two. We talked about this in our last episode. That we got hurting people everywhere and we're probably one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? In our last discussion, we talked about deconstruction of the church. We also highlighted the fact that church hurt is probably a good reason or one of the main reasons why people are now deconstructing the church and their evangelical experiences within the church. We talked about doctrine and dogma. We talked about just the different um, reasons why people may be deconstructing the faith, as well as the pros and cons of that, kind of like the good side, why some people do it, and then some of the bad reasons, some of the negative reasons why people do it. Um, and in that, we highlighted a particular subtopic, church hurt, that we really didn't get a chance to dive into as much. And so we decided to take this show as a part two and really talk about church hurt. So welcome to the Pulpit Aside podcast, where we seek to have uncommon exchange about difficult topics <laughs> where we don't just preach. We have a discussion. Welcome back. Good to be back. I'm Pastor Coy. I'm Pastor Jesse. So glad to be with you all on today. So when we talk about this concept of church hurt, one of the first things that crossed my mind was this. And that is, as I thought about this topic, as I read some of the information or, you know, different people's feelings or experiences about it, I don't really think that I have any real serious traumatic church hurt in my life. Really? Yeah. Um, People often find that shocking because I've been in church since I was five and heavily involved since I was about 14 or 15, meaning really going and really trying to be as involved as possible. Um, I've had some bad church experiences and I've had some things take place that maybe I didn't like. But for the most part, I didn't leave with a tra- because of a traumatic experience. In fact, most of that's the what people would call church hurt. W- they would call church hurt. Yeah. What a bad experience or those traumatic experience? those experiences that you just described. So okay, so why don't you give me an example of your church hurt? One of the worst things or a couple of bad things that happened to you in church. I tell you, what, I tell you, what, I, 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 I put you on the spot. You did. So I'll give you a couple of examples of things that have happened to me okay. in church. Okay. okay. I remember one time the pastor wanted a raise. This is my early church experience. And my father was on the trustee board. And in you know, uh, African-American Baptist church, trustees are kind of the financial people in the church. Okay. And many people didn't want to give the pastor a raise. And part of their reason was because it didn't just take up the monthly income he was getting it took up all the other things like it was taking up his insurance his, his retirement and so they just kind of felt like he was asking for more than what he should have been asking for and the pastor really felt like he deserved to have the raise and so it was a little bit back and forth that was one of my earliest church experiences where you know i and because i lived with my stepfather who was the head trustee mm-hmm. i heard more about it i you bet know? you did i did and <laughs> and actually 
I agree with my pastor more than I did my dad. <laughs> my stepdad. Uh, I kind of thought at that point that what I had just seen in our pastor, even though I was only 15, 16 years old, I thought, well, I mean, you know, he's, I looked at, you know, my dad was sharing with me how much he had made and kind of what they paid for for him. And I didn't think it was unreasonable. I thought it was a reasonable ask. I don't remember how it ended up, though. I don't know if he got that raise. He eventually got a raise. I don't so know it wasn't if he got like he one. was rolling around in a Rolls Royce or something like that. No, you know? man. Listen, my pastor back <laughs> in the day, he drove, this was like 1996, 95. He drove like a 1984 Buick. Okay. Like, when he did finally get a brand new car, I want to say he bought a 1997, 98 like, Chrysler. Uh-huh. Like, Chrysler, that's what he bought. It was a new Chrysler. Not not bougie. No, he, he was not he he did not he was not flashy. Um I think some of his clothes was pretty expensive, like his suits because they were mm-hmm. nice quality. Mm-hmm. But you know, he he wasn't a flashy person like that. And right. so I think that was all the more reason that I thought we have a good pastor. I'm not sure why this is well, to me it was more of an why issue. Can we pay the man? Can you do it or can we not right. do it? Not yeah. do we want to. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. Uh, maybe I maybe I knew back then I was gonna be a preacher and so I was signed with the pastor. <laughs> so a good seed for yourself. Yeah, I don't wanna be poor. So for some people that would be a a bad experience in church mm. because the church was kind of going back and forth for a while. Mm. And to me that's that's not church hurt. That's just the church doing the business of the church. Yeah, I think church hurt comes uh, from disagreements many times um yeah i think of uh you know the church i pastor now uh this didn't happen while i was a pastor so i think i can talk about it mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um there were some you know you could call them church split moments okay and those become very painful they do you know um and usually it's just harsh disagreements usually at the leadership level yeah where the leaders can't seem to find solution or peace or consensus around some issue it divides the leadership and then it divides the church like and that's very painful that's i think that's legitimate church hurt well and i've heard about those types of things but i've never experienced it uh, so when i opened up a part of it my my opening thought or statement was personally you don't feel like you I don't feel that. like I've had any traumatic enough experience within the church where I'm suffering from church hurt mm-hmm. I've seen the church you know have some times where oh it was it looked bad mm-hmm. or there was some dissension mm-hmm. or there was a sense of you know we feel this way we feel that way I just feel like the church eventually made a decision and the decision wasn't ungodly it wasn't immoral or illegal and so we moved on. So, you know, I, but I don't have a story of, you know, my pastor was, you know, any type of molestation or, you know, he was stealing money from the church or he left his wife or a secretary, another woman in the church. I don't I don't have those would be traumatic experiences. Yes. And I can see somebody being hurt from that or by that. Uh, so I get that. But personally, no. So my experiences in the church with the good, the bad, and the ugly of them have not been so ugly where it created a traumatic experience for me. Even people who have left here, people who have left Kingdom Life um, and left leaving me letters about how upset they were. Um, they have let me know that maybe when they first came, I was, 
you know, or a leader with greater humility and all of a sudden things change. And, and I keep these things, by the way. You keep <laughs> uh, your hate mail? I, I keep, yeah, I keep those letters wow. that people write. It, it send me bad emails or like ugly or angry emails. I keep those too wow. because they serve as reminders um, that while there may have been a lot of good that I may have done in their lives, there's also this, this piece of pain that has also been demonstrated in their lives as, as a result of their time or relationship or experience with me um and so i don't want you to think i read it every day to kind of like <laughs> oh you know what was me but no yourself. i keep it and every so often i will look at some of that stuff just as i'm going through cleaning up i'm like wow and, and it's amazing how things that people may have written a year or three years ago how i read it today and i may analyze it or evaluate it differently but I don't always usually read it with the harshness that I initially read yeah, it when they sent sure, it. For sure, for sure. So, you know, uh, that's actually interesting. I, I, I think I heard someone say, and I, I tried to take it to heart, like, criticism uh, many times has an element of truth. Yes. You know, and, and we want to be able to humbly accept the element of truth in the criticism, even if, and, and reject, you know, all the virulent, right. <laughs> virulent attack that, that comes with it, you know, at times, or even the character assassination that comes with it. You know, I'm just trying to think of, of church hurt that, that comes, and um, again, I, I had somebody on our, our social media when they said we should talk about this, that it would be so powerful for us to address it, because again, church leaders tend to not want to or want to admit to mm. it. Um, and I find that even now as I'm sitting here having this conversation, I'm like, uh, it's easy to try to reason it away. Uh, but mm. the truth is, if someone is in pain, they are in pain. Yes. You know, and I think that being willing to acknowledge someone's pain without feeling like I have to take responsibility for it mm. um, is powerful. That is. Um, now, I should take responsibility if I've sinned, yep. you know, or if I've done wrong. Uh, and even if someone is just misunderstood, yes, um, and there's probably a lot of that going mm. on, um, <laughs> I should be willing to address it and not shut people down. You know, they say a person's perception becomes their reality. That's right. So I don't have a business saying, no, you're not church hurt if right. they are hurt. You right. know what I mean? Like That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Okay, you're hurt. Yes. I, I may not always understand your reasoning, but I should at least be willing to honor you enough as a person yeah. you know uh to to acknowledge that that you're hurt for whatever reason yeah. hurt. but so i when i think about this so i think hurt comes from um mismanaged disagreements yep. yes um especially in, in leadership circles but also just misunderstandings mm -hmm. you know there people are people we all have different personalities we all communicate differently um, what you say in one way may mean something different to me yes. than it meant to you. And uh, there's just a lot of opportunity for us to get hurt or be hurt. Yes. So can we avoid the, the, the pain of church hurt? I don't know that we can. I think uh, not, not to make a case that we want it, but isn't this how we learn to love? Mm. Like when I'm hurt by you or you are hurt by me, isn't the, the godly way forward that we, 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 we lean in, like we have a conversation, we seek to understand yeah. uh, and not just, 
you know, to make our point, like, and, and I acknowledge your humanity and you acknowledge mine and I own my crap and you own yours. Yeah. Like, um, and I, I feel like the reason people carry hurt is because maybe they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to have that conversation. They don't know how to confront in love. Um, they don't know how to be honest about it. So they just feel hurt and move on. And that's not helpful. It's not. You no, don't heal that way. That's a good, that's a, a, another, well, a couple things that you said that were really, really good that I wanted to highlight or at least kind of piggyback off of. And that is this concept of people having a conversation and leaning in because I need to acknowledge that you were hurt. Oftentimes, individuals who are hurt don't say they're hurt. Right. So I don't get the opportunity to lean in. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's one thing. And then you leave a church and you never dealt with it. It never got acknowledged. And then you, you blame the people who hurt you for hurting you. And they don't even know that they hurt you. I was right. talking to somebody recently and they uh-huh. told me how their family members had dropped the ball on the situation. And I said, okay, well, did they know they dropped the ball? No, they didn't know they dropped the ball. But I found uh-huh. out because I came in after them. And so now I can't trust them. I said, well, wait a minute. Did you tell them they dropped the ball? Well, no. Well, th- so they dropped the ball and they never knew they dropped the ball. Mm. So you came and picked it up because you saw it had been dropped, but they never communicated that, hey, y'all had dropped the ball over here. And so you will leave one church going to another and you never e- at least even tried to address or deal with the issue. So that's one thing. Yeah. You can't hold people accountable to something you're not willing to address. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so there's that. Then there are the individual who does try to lean in. And then they do get told by their leadership or their pastor, like, well, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. So mm. you don't like it, you can leave, right? And then they leave. That type of church hurt and traumatic experience has to also be dealt with. It's going to be just be dealt with differently. Mm. So then when this person comes to a church, they may need to be kind of brought in gently and their story shared and this and then then loved on. So whereas that first individual, you may have to send them back yeah. to the previous you church. At least just have a conversation. Yeah. Don't bring all that pain yeah, here yeah. if we can get it healed right. before you get here. Um, so there are those couple of things. I think another big thing and this kind of I think often happens in church hurt. One of the other reasons why church hurt takes place, you know, you said, you know, division is one of them. Um, but another one is just unmet expectation. Mm. For some reason within the church, yeah, there's this expectation that if you come here, you're never going to get hurt. <laughs> Jesus is so loving. He's so kind. He always knows the right answer. And so, you know, we're not going to have any problems, no, 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 no division. These people are never going to sin. Right. Like, there's this image of the church. Mm. And here's the crazy thing. The only way that's going to happen is if the church is really just the building. <laughs> <laughs> there are no people in there. <laughs> but as long as the church is us, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. then you're going to deal with people who are still kind of trying to overcome their own mess mm-hmm. and their own traumatic experiences and their own trauma trying to use the Bible to navigate their way through life. And so I think a real big reason for church hurt is just unmet expectations. And these expectations are often unmet because they're often unrealistic. Or, yeah, not communicated. That, yeah, yeah. Unspoken, yeah. unmet what? expectations. Heck, some people even That's like think- the trifecta of... <laughs> Of a problem, right? People there. sometimes have told me what happened in their previous church, and they it's like they say to me things like, well, "My pastor should have known that hurt me." I'm like, I know. I, <laughs> but you, you never said anything. You just so yeah, unmet, unspoken. Right. These expectations that we had, they're unreasonable, and it is unreasonable to think that 
the person who has offended you or hurt you always knows that they have offended or hurt you. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, somebody been raped, molested, somebody stole yeah, something, we, somebody beat you up that. in the parking lot. You know, I'm not talking. Those things need a whole nother yeah, yeah, type yeah. of deliverance yeah. and assistance to help that person navigate through those things. But some of the church hurt experiences that we're hearing about at times are issues of well, my church was very legalistic mm-hmm. and that can hurt. Yeah. Um, my church was very at times judgmental. Yeah. Um, th- and that, that can and hurt. You get condemned and shamed yes. in that culture. Yes. That's painful. That's painful. That's painful. And ungodly. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. Sometimes in church, the church is trying so hard to stay unstained by the world or to meet unspoken expectations of their perfection well that that's you know true I mean? too their perfection yeah. <laughs> yes um and i think we have to do a better job at not only acknowledging our goal and desire to stay unstained from the world mm-hmm. because you know we are not of it but because we are in it to also acknowledge the fact that at times we are still being affected and yeah. stained by by the world you know Again, and I'm glad you addressed kind of like the, what do you, I don't know what you call it, the severe kind of oh, trauma yeah. instances. That's, that, that is definitely a different category, um, but worth addressing aside from just relationships. Because um, I think that's what it boils down to. Like, relationships take work. Mm. You know, if you spend any amount of time getting relationally connected to other human beings, like, you're going to have to work through disagreement. You're going to have to work through misunderstanding. You're going to have to work through pain. But if we don't talk about it, we don't address it, we don't lean in, we're just going to keep getting hurt, and then we're just going to keep going somewhere else, Mm. you know, and getting hurt or hurting other people again. You know what I mean? Because we, we, we shy away from the hard work of relationship. I mean, anyone who's been married in any length of time knows you got to learn to talk about the stuff. You do. That person may love you with all their heart. They may know you up, up and down and inside and out, but they cannot read your mind. No. You know, and they don't know if they hurt you sometimes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Mm. If you want that dealt with, you actually have to address it. You yeah. have to do the hard work. You have to have a hard conversation. And, let, you know, spoiler alert, nobody likes it. <laughs> nobody enjoys that on the front end, but the fruit it is. It is. I I think that too often in the church we also forget that some of the pain that is caused or that even takes place, it also can grow us. Yeah. It it it, it you know, I've heard people say things like your trouble was your transportation. Um in essence, the things that you went through or the trouble that you experienced, it it actually got you to a place where it helped to get you to your destiny and where God was taking you. And it's not that God wanted you to go through this. It's that God knew you were going to go through it. And he's even using this in order to get you where he wants you to get to. I mean, I, in some sense, I think about Joseph when he says to his brother, you sold me, but God sent me. And that's all in the same verse there in, in Genesis chapter 45. You sold me, brothers, into slavery, but, but God was sending me. And so Joseph is acknowledging, you don't have to worry. Don't be afraid. I'm, I'm not trying to get even with you all. In your actions of selling me, 
I mean, that God was working to so send me crazy. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. And I think that too often Ooh. in the church. <laughs> see, I mean, that's we're, a packed, we're not supposed to be preaching. That's but. <laughs> a packed sentence, though. It is. But that but you the, sold, you sold me. me. Stop right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, talk about the pain, the trauma, the hurt. It was a betrayal, his brothers. Oh my goodness. And then you think about what he's been through because they sold him. I mean, he's been through slavery in Potiphar's house. He got elevated and got accused of a rape he didn't commit. He was in prison for at least two years. At least two years because he's forgotten about. But but all of that takes place to get him to his destiny. And so uh, I think sometimes sometimes we think so small Mm. or let me say this, our focus is on the people representing God that we forget about how big our God is and how he's story. working even through the the messengers of his people but also the messes and mess ups right. of his people. Are you preaching now? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, no, it's good. I think something we have to remind our our folk who have been hurt by us or who come from experiences where they have been hurt is trying to help them navigate through how is God using this? How is God going to use that for where he's taking you for yeah. where he what he wants you to do with your life? Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, though, right, we're not excusing. Oh, absolutely the mistakes not. and missteps of other people if we're on the ends. Right. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, though, like. You saying that is so real and so true. There's something bigger on going on, and God is in the process, even when uh, members and leaders mess up. Yeah, you know, like God, God's in that process, not to excuse and say, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay mm-hmm. that they did that." No, it was still sin. Yeah. you know, when they did what they yes. did, it was sin when they sold him yes. into slavery. Yeah, you know, um, so we can acknowledge sin, but acknowledge sovereignty. Dude, I'm, I'm getting on my alliteration now. See? <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> I got lucky with that one. <laughs> uh, we can acknowledge sin, but acknowledge sovereignty. I think it, it is good, important. I think that, um, man, you said something that, that struck something in me, and, and I feel like I lost my thought. I think that um, another important piece of this is, uh, and we should talk a minute, maybe in a moment, about some of those bigger issues, those, mm. those very traumatic, very, uh, yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong type of events, other than just like misunderstandings and hurt and messes. There's, there's plenty of that going around. Right. I mean, being sold into slavery would definitely fall into that category. Yeah. And still, and still God's in it. Um, I think we have to understand too, like, that forgiveness is not optional. Mm. That's good. You know what I mean? Like yep. Jesus made some very strong statements about it, uh, and that, that forgiveness too. And the reason we bristle against it is that we feel like, you know, he said, "If you won't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven." That's literally what Jesus said. That is what he that, said. That's some hard words. That is some hard words. Hard words. When we bristle against it. We don't want to forgive because we feel like we're somehow saying what they did was okay. And it's not. Right. I mean, the very fact that we're forgiving someone mm. is acknowledging what you did was wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and but what we're doing is releasing ourselves yes. from the seat of judgment and punisher mm. um, and putting them in the hands of 
God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that's really, it frees us. It does. To forgive. It does. Uh, and, and that goes for any and every situation. And I, I want to say, too, like, that doesn't mean it makes it easy. Right. Like if somebody's violated you, that doesn't make it easy to forgive. But you can. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't take away the pain. But it frees you from, it, it releases you to a place where you can be healed. Mm-hmm. I think when we hold on to uh, unforgiveness, we tie ourselves to that trauma in a way that we cannot get free from. That's right. It, it keeps us from moving on. Yeah. So forgiveness is not optional, I think is an important piece of this in any scenario. It's not. Um, and, and, and understanding that we've all been hurt in one way or another. I like that forgiveness is not an optional piece. And I think it's something that we have to remind people that you may not be able to do it today. So it may take you some time to get to that place. You might have to do it again and again and again. And that's right. And yet you met yeah, you meant to do it over and over and over and over again. But we do have to get to that place in order to really be free to move on. And to move on and to and to experience healing. Otherwise we'll go from one church to another and the hurt we'll we're hanging on to uh-huh. will always keep us kinda in our own little prison. Yeah. And, and and eventually it can lead us away from the church mm-hmm. and away from a relationship with the Lord um that we could have had in spite of what we had gone through with someone who hurt us in the church. So yeah, that's some good stuff, man. I, I we do often attach the experience of something with the whole thing itself. So you can attach, you can have a bad experience in church, you can have a traumatic experience in church, and all of a sudden, now that traumatic experience is attached totally to the church. And as opposed to the individual who did that traumatic or horrible thing to you. Um, so something I like about Joseph's story too is he was able to identify, hey, my brothers did this. Now y'all did it, um, but I also see God's hand working in it. And that's something I think is personal to me also because I think about, you know, just my stepdad being the father in my life as opposed to my biological dad who chose not to be around. Um, today, me and my biological dad are really good friends. I love him. I call him daddy. Wow. Uh, we are really, really, we're as close as I guess we could be for him not being there all of my childhood years. Wow. And um, when people have asked me, you know, what I, well, kind of what's my take on it? I'm like, well, first of all, I, I found reasons to like myself that reflect my biological dad. Mm. My biological dad was a track runner at Ferris State University, uh, went to Olympic trials twice. Wow. I like my running ability. That yeah, came yeah. from him. That's uh, awesome. Uh, the way I'm physically, you know, made as far as my, 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 my physical makeup, I like the way I look. I like the way I'm built. Like, that's my daddy. And so I'm very, really, really, really glad that that's awesome. he's my daddy. I found some reasons to like that's him. That's so good. Not to mention I look just like him. <laughs> so well, we got similar mannerisms. Related. Wow. Similar expressions. Some of our our philosophy on life is very much the same, and we did not grow up together. Mm. And wow. because I believe God uniquely designed me to be who I am, there are things I like about myself that I'm like, they came from this dude right wow. here, right? Wow, that's amazing. And so I found things about myself that I like that connected me to him, and it helped me not only forgive, but to kind of move forward with a relationship. Wow. When people ask me about my stepdad, who I call dad to this day, mm-hmm. um, I'm thankful for him because... I my I don't think it was God's will or intent that my biological dad not be there. I think my biological dad made a choice, and then God let another man step in, who because of the choices he was making was better equipped 
to actually bring me up in yeah. a church type environment yeah, yeah. to where I was able to get a hold of the Lord, get a hold of me early. Mm-hmm. And now my life is looking like what it looks like. And so in that, in this bad experience where, you know, I should be a statistic or whatnot, mm-hmm. I see God's hand yeah. working. And as a result, I can look at my biological dad and say, Daddy, I love you. Yeah. I love wow. you for who you are. I wow, love you wow. for the fact that I'm your son. But look at my, my stepdad and say, thank you for stepping in yeah. and doing what my biological dad just was unwilling to do at the time. Yeah. So like a sinful situation became a double blessing. Absolutely. For you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Jesus. <laughs> sounds like the gospel. <laughs> I like it. I think we should take a moment and talk about like um, these really um, intense events. I, I'm not even coming up with the right word, but you know, people in church who very toxic environments where they're controlling yeah. or manipulative, or even where people have been uh, abused and harmed in some way within the church, um, that's real hurt. That is, and that that's the stuff that um, gets really ugly because in the name of Grace, forgiveness, sometimes it gets covered up mm. or soft-pedaled yep. or swept under the rug or the leader gets protected. That stuff's real messed up. That is messed up. <laughs> that is messed up. And it's in situations like that that I often will, you know, first I want to hear a person and just let them talk. Mm-hmm. And if they cry, you know, weep with them and just want to comfort them. Because that is, that's real pain, that's real trauma. And that's a real experience, especially when it really doesn't get dealt with. Right. Um, and in situations like that, I do think that's the time that a person needs to leave that environment. Yes. Leave that, like that, you, need you need to, to go. Especially if you can't get the appropriate type of, for lack of a better word, justice. Yeah. Or, you know, lack of a better uh, accountability in place to where this is being dealt with. Yeah. And people who have yeah. done it yeah. are being dealt with. Um, but I think you also in that moment have to be praying and this is the hard part this goes back to that forgiveness mm. Lord get them right or stop them from doing this to somebody else mm-hmm. because it is frustrating at times to see ministries continue to go on mm. who have hurt and harmed people Yeah, and it never get dealt with it never get dealt with I also try to remind myself that at some point God's going to deal with it that's right. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, Absolutely. my own convention right now uh, and the things that have taken place within our convention as Southern Baptist over the years. And the fact that even with our new president now and the investigations that have taken place, they're trying to deal with some things yeah. that have gone yeah. undealt with for years. Yes. And so in this, we see, yep, the church was wrong. There was a lot of covering up, there was a lot of scandal, a lot of ugly stuff. And a lot of people's lives have been traumatically affect yeah however god is still faithful Mm -hmm. and he is starting to clean the house some and i'm not saying that you know it's gonna be all better moving forward this is never gonna happen again i'm just saying he's cleaning out some of the mess that was there since they since they didn't deal with it and then they tried to cover things that people tried to cover things up it's now starting to get dealt with. Yeah. And that's on, so on a good. national level. And right. You know, so. And five, ten years ago, someone could have been like in that place of frustration of this is not being dealt with. It's never going to be dealt with. This is so unfair. And even God, where are you? You yeah. know, because like when we 
when we do our part, like, what can we do? Like, we can try to call people to account. We can try to call people to accountability. Uh, they may or may not respond. You know, we can't control outcomes. Mm. We only get to control us, right? Yeah. And so then when we know that as followers of Jesus, we, we are mandated to forgive, meaning we release them into the hands of God, mm. like, do we actually trust God in yeah. the process? Because the truth is, like, I can try and play judge and ex- executioner, but w- <laughs> if, if I really believe God is who he says he is, uh, I should be happy to leave you in the hands of God mm. because he, he, will, he, will, he will deal out justice better than anyone. Yes. But the, but the Bible, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. That's right. You know, there, there is, so and I think when we, when we talk about stuff like that, now we're getting into trying to help heal people as we counsel them. So that way we can help them come away from their lack of, like their unforgiving spirit. We can help them to begin to acknowledge, hey, can you see God's hand in, in any of this? Um, so when we talk about those types of things. Because he's there. Yeah, he's there. He he's is. there. He is absolutely there. Um, and then the okay. vengeance part, you know, mm. nobody gets someone as good as God does. <laughs> All right. I think for us, we just, we like, I just want to see it. I want to be right, around. Right. right. I need we to know that they like got it. Yeah. And justified. We got to be, we got to be comfortable with the fact that we can't always be around to see the divine recompense or the divine reciprocity or yeah. the divine judgment that yeah, God yeah. brings. Yeah on people who have offended or hurt us or scarred us or wounded us. But but that's probably a good thing because if everybody got to be around to see <laughs> us experience God's divine judgment who we've hurt, harmed, or scarred some way, we might not want that either. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but, but God is dealing with his people, yeah. his church, and his creation. Um, and we do have to remind people and try to encourage them along that way because that that is true. He's there and he is working it out. And I mean, I think we're in a process right now, you know, not just the Southern Baptist Convention, but I'm actually grateful that God is exposing yes. things. Like yeah. that it's not being hidden. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's still things that are hidden, but I'm glad for the exposure. Yeah. Like, let the light come. Yes. You know, it's ugly to see what's been hiding in the dark, but Ooh. let's get it out, you know, yeah. and expose it. You don't, you know, that's the only way to expel, you know, darkness is to let the light in. So, yeah. uh, and, and that's got to be healing too, yeah. for, for those who have felt unheard and have been truly hurt. Um, but we, we need that cleansing and we need to be confronted as church and church leaders with, you know, maybe we've, we've been complicit or covered up ourselves, mm. you know, like, and, and like, let's be called to accountability, yeah. you know, um, to do better because we can definitely do better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's unfortunate uh, because it does, um, it puts us out there as humans, you know mm. what I mean? Like, you want to say like it could harm our witness, but then it's how we deal with it. Yes, that that would harm our witness yeah. if we try to um, sidestep or you know whatever, try to downplay it. Mm. Then we're looking real ingenuous to the world. But if we can let God lead us through it, 
and we do it with love for one another, even love for abusers. Yeah. There's a witness. There is. There's a witness for the world. There's a witness. I, I love that. I love, love, love that because that is very true. I think that some of what we're actually communicating to our audience today, as well as just to one another, is that it is true that hurting people do hurt people. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get people who have been hurt, which to some degree is all of us, all of us to get to a place of healing. And one thing I like about the process of healing is the person who has been hurt, but they're going through the process of healing, even as they get to the place of being healed, they have the ability to somehow reach back and then to help other individuals yes. who too are hurting. Yeah. Jesus says to Peter, you know, Satan has decided to sift you like wheat. He's asked to sift you like wheat. He said, basically, you're going to fail. Yeah. But when you return, strengthen your brother. Yeah. So when, yeah, you, when, when you go through this yeah. trial, this temptation, and you fail, and I, and I forgive you because I'm going to forgive you, Peter, uh, you strengthen your brothers. Yeah. And so Peter is very much equipped to now deal with another brother, regardless to how far away or how close they are to Jesus, as they fail at times or fall yeah. short, to kind of pick them back up and say, hey, let's keep running this race. We and how tender God. would Peter be yes. now to that one? Absolutely. Because he did it. He did it. That's right. Absolutely. And so I often tell people, I say, you know, it's true that hurting people hurt people, but the reverse is also true. Healed people people. can help people. Well, healed people heal people. Yeah. And so... So good. Joseph does this with his brothers and he doesn't doesn't punish him. He actually puts them in places of power and like, hey, you know what? Because he was healed, he was no longer hurting. It's not denying what happened. It's not saying that it didn't hurt when it happened. It's just recognizing... I've healed through the process of the hurt that has happened in my life, and now I'm going to reach back and help to heal other people. Yeah, yeah. And so part of why we need to get people to healing is because there are a lot of other people coming behind them who have similar experience who need to be healed, and we're trying to help you get to a place where you can now help them out. Yeah. As I said at the beginning of the show, I don't really have this traumatic church hurt in my life. I've had some church, you know, experiences that wow. were good and bad but human experience yeah, yeah, human experience yeah. <laughs> but not traumatic and so so it's not that i couldn't help somebody out but imagine how the person who has been through the same thing is going to minister to this person who is now going through yeah. it yeah. even even to a greater degree than than i can because they now share a common experience yeah so, That's um, so good. i think we got to just remember we're trying to get people on the road to healing yeah. so they can be healed and then they can so help good. heal somebody else you know what else I thought of as you were recounting that story of Jesus with Peter and knowing that he would deny him? That's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but he said, Peter, I've prayed for you. Yes. I love yes. that. I love that Jesus knowing that Peter was going to fail yeah. <laughs> didn't like hold it against him <laughs> necessarily. Good. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I know what's in your heart already but I've already prayed you through mm. it. Like, mm. come on. And uh, that, yeah, that he knew the end of the story wasn't just the betrayal, but he would then become the great leader of the church, That's you right. know? Um, and he would turn around, be a healed one to heal others, to help others. Um, and uh, I think that so beautiful one to know, again, the presence of Jesus in the midst of our bad decision, mm. in the midst of our weakness, he's there, he's present, he's praying, he's pulling us through, he sees a bigger mm. picture. And I think for us too, like, why can't we as followers of Jesus be like Jesus? Can, can we pray our brothers and sisters through yeah. even when they're making poor decisions? 
maybe even when they're betraying us. I mean, Peter was going to betray him. Yeah. And he had prayed for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? You know, can we pray our brothers and sisters through with a bigger vision than just getting beyond the hurt? Mm. To, to see something beyond that maybe, just maybe those who um, have hurt us in one way or another become a part of a bigger redemptive story. Yes. That's, that's a good word. You know, you said that, and as you were talking, I was thinking about, again, Joseph, his brother. Um, part of the redemptive story is, so I want to say this to those individuals who have hurt people, who have, who have contributed to some of these traumatic type of hurts, too. Mm. You need to acknowledge and admit it. Yeah. All right? Yeah, you need to you acknowledge you did it. it, admit that you did it, and move on. You need to confess your sin, repent. The good news is your sin is not something that is beyond repentance that's or forgiveness. Right. God can forgive that. And, and, and you need that forgiveness yeah. for yourself. You, so you need to admit it, acknowledge it. And Walk we see that even light. with Joseph's brothers. They, they, they admit that they have done this. Mm. And they've grown in the process. Now, this is for the person who has been hurt. The person who hurt you over the years may have grown in the process. Yeah. Joseph's brothers were mm. not willing to let the younger brother now be taken away. Right. <laughs> Even though they, he, Benjamin probably got on their nerves too because all he did was replace Joseph in, in, their, in their life. Right. And so they too had grown. And so there is opportunity not only for the person who has been hurt to be healed and to grow, but the person who did the hurting, they too can grow. They need yeah. to grow. Yeah. And that's what we really want. We yeah. want, we want, as we're all on this sanctification road or journey, as we're navigating through life, we not only want the one who's been hurt to be healed. We want the one who did the hurting yes. to be healed. Yeah. They That's both so can good. become whole. I think, yeah, giving space for people to grow beyond that moment as yeah. well. Uh, we're all on a journey. You know, the hurt person needs to be given space to, to grow beyond and permission to grow. But the person who did the, the hurting yeah. needs to have space to grow. You reminded me, you almost said it, this passage from First John 1, I think is so much about what we're talking about is it's because we're humans and we're relating to one another and we aren't completely perfect in love yet. Like there is pain, there is sin, there mm. is wrongdoing. Um, but we walk in the light as mm. he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. Yeah. And the light goes both ways. You know, the one that's hurt has to expose their pain to the light. Mm. The one who's done the hurting has to expose their sin to the light. Yeah. Then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Good. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that there's much more to say. If you're hurting, if you're the one who cause the hurt just bring it to the light bring it to the light and and, and the light just simply means to Jesus Mm -hmm. Um, so man I I have enjoyed this time together (laughs) Uh, I I don't think either one of us was sure how this was going to go this is our Um, first completely off script episode (laughs) we had no notes everyone I just want you to know I wasn't going to tell them that. We, we sounded like we had some notes up here. We like we had like have an idea of yeah. what we might want to, you know, there, there was nothing. Yeah, this this is a blank was, page. Yeah. <laughs> we filled it up pretty good. I, th- I think so. So y'all have to let us know what you guys thought. Please give us some comments and feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, 
Once again, I'm Pastor Coy. This is my good friend, Pastor Jesse. And we've done this to give the opportunity to put the pulpit aside. Uh, I talked a lot, so I'm going to give you the final words on today. Uh, We appreciate you as our listeners. If you find this content enjoyable or valuable, please like, share, comment, subscribe, tell your friends about us, follow us on social media at Pulpit Aside on Instagram. Um, If you want to give us feedback, you can meet us there or just email us at pulpitaside at gmail.com. Until then, walk in the light, learn to have some good conversations with people in your life, and uh, let's see what Jesus will do. God bless.